Rabbit Holes, a uniquely Pacific Northwest podcast. I'm Shay. I'm Jody. Let's fall down the rabbit hole. Hi, Jody. Hi, Shay. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I haven't found any other new podcasts to tell you about. Well, have you? No. No I'm podcasts? actually not listening to podcasts at the moment. I have no free time in my life. I've got big dreams and goals and had to do them all at once. So I'm just working from 6.30 in the morning till about 11 at night on my multiple projects. Okay. Well, I do have a lot more free time than you because my job is still practically non-existent. So I've been getting a lot of housework done. Um, I've been doing a lot of podcast editing. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You do a lot of the groundwork and uh, behind the scenes work for us, and I really appreciate it since I'm so busy. Yes, I am your podcast editor extraordinaire for this, which uh, has been fun learning how to do that. Yeah. And then I've been doing a little bit of fall decorating and crafting. So oh, good. Yeah. I've been resisting that. I'm like, it is not going to be fall yet. I'm not, I, everybody around here loves fall. They can't wait to get their plaid, their pumpkins, pumpkin spice, everything. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it is sunny out and I'm going to pretend. And it's summer until it's over. <laughs> nope, I got fall decor out. In fact, today, later on today, I'm going to go home and I'm going to make my little plaid, orange and green plaid runner for the top of my dining room cabinet so I can display oh. all of my glass pumpkins. I, I collect glass pumpkins. So that's oh, why yeah, that's right. We got a few. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm excited to display that one. So. Yeah. Nice. I'll yeah. have to come see that. All right. So we are here today to talk about some of my rabbit holes that I fell down on our rainy day rabbit holes road trip. So if you listened to the recap of day two of our road trip. You will have heard about our trip to the roadside attraction prehistoric gardens. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then also our subsequent breakdown on Highway 101 and how I kind of panicked a little bit and imagined that we would be definitely picked up by a serial killer and murdered. And so both of those prompted me to go down a rabbit hole. So prehistoric gardens was a pretty shallow rabbit hole. There wasn't a lot about it. But it's a pretty cute little thing. So I I got into the history of that a little bit. And then, of course, once you start Googling Oregon serial killers, that's never ending. Yeah, I bet. I bet. That's like it goes back in time and all the way to current. It's a black hole. (laughs) Definitely to fall down. Not just a rabbit hole. It's a black hole. (laughs) Lots of of content to to search through, huh? Yeah, and it gets pretty dark. Now, mine today, I'm not going to get really dark because I just... I can't. But we'll start with something a little bit lighter. So prehistoric gardens. That is in Port Ordford. Did you know we were in Port Ordford? No, I did not. Did you know there's a place called Port Ordford? I did, <laughs> I did not. not. <laughs> we should have known by the time we left there, though, because I know trying to get help. Yeah, we were like, I don't know. We're just in the middle of nowhere. Oh, my God. We're going to die out here. We had no service. I couldn't tell on my map where we were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so prehistoric gardens is this cute little roadside attraction off the highway 101 on the southern oregon coast it's just kind of north of coos bay and when you pull up what grade two was it north i got so lost in my head yes it was north so Sorry. we we lived itty bitty in and we drove straight to prehistoric gardens right 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 yes yeah okay yeah i'm with you again and it was early morning it was beautiful there was nobody else there it was just mm-hmm. us and as we pull up into the gravel parking lot we were greeted by a life-sized tyrannosaurus rex with glowing green eyes yeah i think i came up to his knee yeah he was he was huge so i think he's like 36 feet tall or something mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. he's a giant he's a big boy with big old teeth and he's right there in the parking lot so i was very excited nobody around so i was like jody jody 
Get your camera. Get out. your camera out. So I ran up to that T Rex and I humped his leg. <laughs> she sure did, like a horny Shih Tzu. <laughs> she was like, "He's he's not caged up. I, I have access to his body." <laughs> I'm doing this. He was consenting. I could feel it. <laughs> and it, apparently, his name is Tiny. That's what yeah, the uh, yeah, park yeah. has named him. So Tiny the T Rex greets you in front of a lush old growth rainforest with giant ancient ferns, giant swamp cabbages, and wooden bridges spanning swampy trickles of water. So lurking amongst the shadows and the ferns are 23 life-size replicas of an assortment of dinosaurs. Everything from, now hopefully I say this right, a brachiosaur. Is that right? That's not right? It sounds right to me. This is what we should have the grandkids over there. I know. They're they, experts on they this. They would be schooling Every me. Every picture I showed them, they knew what it was. Did they really? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's way more than I can say. <laughs> so there was a brachiosaur, and he, that brachiosaur, by the way, took them four years to build. Holy cow. 46 feet tall and 86 feet long. Yeah, it is. It was hard to get into the camera. Yeah, the um, scale of this creature was... The viewfinder. Yeah, it was, was too big. mind-boggling. If you go to our Instagram, you can see the... Well, we'll post the pictures. Um, there's Jody standing in front of it for scale, and you can see this neck and head are just way above you. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So there's everything from the brachiosaur to an armored ankylosaur. Mm-hmm. Did I say that one right? I think so. An- Definitely. Ankleosaur. I like the way you say it, so I'm going to say yes. Yes. That's the pronunciation now. It is. <laughs> it's not right. Right. We'll have to go on like Google and make sure, you know, when you click on that little sound thing that tells oh, you. Oh, yeah. Let's, to- let's do that. Hold on. <laughs> Well, that's not how to I, say that's it, but that's how you pronounce Anglosaur. <laughs> Apparently, that's what they sounded like. They sounded like a very large pug or French bulldog. <laughs> yes, I was trying to find... Okay, hold on. Maybe I if I look up Anglosaur pronunciation. Okay, here we go. Ankylosaurus. Well, I said it wrong. <laughs> Let's try that again. Ankylosaurus. Ankylosaurus. Got it. I like ankylosaur better. <laughs> yeah, what's that Y for then? Ankylosaurus. Ankylosaurus. Okay. I don't know. Google, I think you're wrong. <laughs> it wouldn't right, be the this first is time. what I'm saying. We <laughs> need to go on there and change it to the way you say it because I like it. <laughs> exactly. I like it better too. Also, if you listen to the podcast, Star Trek, The Greatest Generation, you'll get the joke. <laughs> you don't. I don't. You wouldn't. <laughs> I have no clue. I'm unfortunately not a Trekkie. Or anything sci-fi. <laughs> Trying to make this a Star Trek podcast, but you just keep refusing. I have no imagination, so I'm always like, "That's d- that doesn't that's not real. That can't happen." That's what I do in all these. <laughs> oh, no. Anything that takes imagination, I'm like reality checking it. Yeah, then definitely don't watch Star Trek: The <laughs> no, Next Generation. I got it's banned from um, watching Grey's Anatomy with my daughters. Oh, God, I'm not allowed imagine. in the room. <laughs> How about House? Can you watch oh, House? Oh, heck no. I mean, sometimes just because he's such a he's, smart ass. Yes. And I'm, I like that, but ridiculous. Now I want to watch an episode with you just to get your oh, reaction. Just to look I get a little, I you. get a little angry sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm wound up. <laughs> All right, back on track. So as you wander through the gloom, spears of light illuminate the sometimes believable and sometimes ridiculous paint jobs of the various dinosaurs. It lends to a feeling of awe and goofiness that is perfect for a roadside attraction. So this little time capsule was the creation of dinosaur enthusiast and artist E.V. Ernie Nelson. Now, I couldn't find a ton about his early years, but according to Wikipedia, Ernie was born in 1907 and grew up on a farm in Minnesota, and he was a dinosaur and natural history lover from an 
early age. So kind of like your grandkids yep, into those dinos. So in the 1920s, his family moved to Springfield, Oregon. You know, that's another thing. Oregon. Yes. I always feel like I'm saying it wrong. Oregon. 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 Are we going to say it so many times that it loses all meaning? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's getting extra organ. vowels or something. Organ? Organ. Organ oh. is those things that work in your body <laughs> to function in various ways. Okay, organ. Mm. Moved to Springfield, Oregon. Okay, so one of his dreams was to become an artist. And according to Wikipedia, he was even offered a job at Walt Disney Studios. But this was during the Great Depression. So instead, he took a job as an accountant just because it was more financially stable. Wow. And he had a family at this point. So per the Gardens website, he also owned a mill machinery supply business. That sounds incredibly boring, just like being an accountant. <laughs> so in 1952, or according to some sources, 1953, Ernie purchased a 26 acre plot of land though i did read other accounts that it was a lot more land than that but i don't care who cares it's very large and it, that's it's still a lot and that's a lot of land the prehistoric gardens is yes on. And, wow and so first he burnt he burnt he burnt Mm-hmm. He burnt it. He built a home and a gift shop. And then he soon started building the first of the 23 dinosaurs. So they're constructed of steel frames and chicken wire. And then he covered them with layers of concrete. Oh, concrete. I was wondering because yeah. you can't touch them. They're behind right. They're behind fences. So I, I was wondering, were they fiberglass? They're concrete. Concrete. Yeah, much to my dismay, you can yeah. touch the dinosaurs. Right. Otherwise, I would have humped every single one in there. She air humped them. I have video. I did, yeah. <laughs> Again, Jody, get your camera out. <laughs> Watch me make sweet, sweet love to this stegosaurus <laughs> from five feet away. You remind me of my yellow lab. I get... <laughs> Is he rumping? I was going to send you videos of him. He's not my yellow lab anymore. My grandson and him. Oh, that's right. You gave all your pets away. Yeah, to your I did. He, I mean, they're besties, but he was. I was babysitting him and the and the dog, and the dog was humping a blanket. And I was going to send you a video. <laughs> it's like, oh, I thought of you. Yeah, like she reminded me of you. <laughs> So it was really important to Ernie that the dinosaurs be scientifically correct. Mm. So he completed tons of research. He visited natural history museums across the U.S. He consulted with paleontologists. And he even flew out to New York to visit the Smithsonian so that he could ensure that they were as scientifically correct as possible. So this is as of the 1950s versions. Versions. So, so that giraffe type print with the multicolors, that's like no, maybe? No. That no. That's where he took artistic license oh gotcha okay so, that's what it felt like but the bodies of the dinosaurs and the information displayed is supposed to be scientifically correct but then he decided to do something more whimsical with the paint jobs Got you. which is why some of them are so bad oh gotcha so okay bad. so look go on our instagram and you can see the paint jobs of some of these like the poor was that triceratops that one's the worst by far right yeah and then there were others that were bad mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. other sources <laughs> other sources <laughs> other sources so it took him three years to get the park open and they opened Ooh, on january 1st 1955 and i can only imagine like knowing the weather in the pacific northwest right. especially along the oregon coast i can't imagine that he had very many people Feels like come. A cold rain so that's day. a bad time to open why didn't you open in the summer sir practice yeah i guess so yeah get it up and running so i can't find specific numbers but it looks like he opened the park with just five dinosaurs do you know which one was tiny out there or is tiny come later you know i couldn't find a timeline of the dinosaurs other than i know the brachiosaur i think was the last one that he built it took him 30 years to finish building all the dinosaurs 
Holy cow. And how many yeah. did you say there were? 23. 23. 30 years. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, that big one took four years alone. So he ran the park until he passed away in 1999 oh, at wow. the age of 91. Wow. And he was still working. Yep. It. Still wow. working there. And so he left it to his family and his granddaughter, Kiki, still runs the park today. Fascinating. Yeah. I wonder if that... Did we meet Kiki? I'm wondering if that was that lady. Wow. And is the house still there? I don't recall you seeing know, a house. You know, I don't recall seeing a house, but... Unless the gift assume. shop is... Because it's attached to something. She went behind a door there. That was pretty small, though. I think that was just yeah, back definitely. Rooms. Yeah. At the time they opened, admission was 50 cents for adults and 25 cents for children. That's yeah. sweet. Yeah. And today, adult tickets will set you back about 14 bucks which I think is still reasonable. Still good. good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's worth it. My favorite dinosaur, I think, was the Brachiosaur and the Ankylosaur and the Stegosaurus. Well, as you already know, my goal was to try to hump as many dinosaurs as possible, (laughs) but that didn't happen because they were behind fences. (laughs) So I just got to hump the T-Rex. Oh, well. Kaboshed. Plan kaboshed. I know. It's so disappointed. It's all right. I still liked it. My favorite (laughs) ones were the baby... um, Triceratops. Yes, the baby Triceratops. Yeah, they were I'm just that kind of person. I just... were really cute and those were pretty well done and the paint job on those was was yes yes and their little eggs broke in and they're they were hatching yeah they were cute Mm -hmm. they were cute little guys so the park has a small gift shop which was just okay how many squatches i think we said we gave that one two and a half squatches yeah they were kind of expensive pricey and some of it a lot of it wasn't even relevant to the trip yeah it was just dinosaur stuff it wasn't like branded to the prehistoric gardens or just other random things like the backpack i got has nothing to do with yeah or the crystals and the incense yes they had incense and crystals there that was interesting (laughs) things with sayings on them that had nothing to do with prehistoric gardens oh god remember there was like some super right-wing saying things there i was (laughs) was like trying to i was trying to not say that without saying it was kind of funny i think i bought i bought a patch that was like oh, a, right, right, right. like a u.s state parks looking patch but it had a sasquatch on it yes that's right so i bought that one for my brother oh by the time he, this comes out i will have given it to him i didn't want to give the surprise away <laughs> <laughs> and i think i bought like a sticker or something but it was still they were just very expensive i think that patch was mm-hmm. 10 bucks and it was tiny right 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 is that where you bought the toe jam it is where i bought the toe See, jam yes i bought the toe I bought jam the, toe jam the first money. time around the marionberry <laughs> jelly the toe jam yep and then the second time around, and I had seen this backpack the first time we were there, and I'm like, Jody, you don't need that. Yeah, you pointed it out to me. But it's homemade from Nepal, and it's really cute. It's made out of hemp. It's made out of hemp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just, the. it was okay. But So yeah, we gave it like two and a half squatches. Yeah, and that's just for the gift shop, not mm-hmm. the park itself. The park itself, I would have given it four squatches. Yeah, I'd give it four. Maybe four and a half. Well, I'm- I give, I, I mean, give it four, and then that extra half is for how kind the proprietors were yes. when we broke down and had to come back and hang out basically in the gift shop for an hour while we were trying to get a tow truck and then they let us walk through the park again which the second time through was nice because we were drinking some canned alcoholic beverages (laughs) sneaked in So that's basically, that's really all I could find about prehistoric gardens. There wasn't a whole lot. It's been around since 19, what did I say, 1955. Mm-hmm. I think overall, it was a really fun stop. That was definitely the highlight of that day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, we had no idea what was to come when we left I know. prehistoric we, gardens we left the first time. We left prehistoric gardens like so happy. We were like, that was so fun. 
and it was so cool. It was a beautiful day, and it was still morning. <laughs> yeah, we're like, um, we got the whole day. We're gonna we're gonna make it to Coos Bay tonight. Yeah, to I think spend it was the night. not even ten a.m. when we were leaving there. And oh, we were gonna make it all the way to California. We were gonna go yep, yep. to Fort Bragg. Mm-hmm. We were like Fort Bragg. Here we go. We were gonna get in and out. Stymied. Yep. Oh man. But if you are driving down the Oregon coast, definitely stop. I don't care if you're an adult. If you have kids, kids will love it. Kids will love it. Kids will love it. But adults just take it for what it it is. It is a roadside attraction and it is fun. It you know, it takes you like fifteen minutes to walk through. It's fifteen minutes, stretch of the legs, not not too expensive. Yep. You get to use the bathroom. Grab a bottle of water. I would suggest if you're able to take your road trip during the week. Do early morning there so that you can have the park to yourself because it just makes it a little more magical wandering amongst the trees and the ferns and the dinosaurs when you don't have a bunch of other people there. And I mean, you just heard the birds chirping. There Mm -hmm. was a bunny at one point. It was so peaceful. It was peaceful. And then when we were loading up onto the tow truck about 1130-ish, I think by -hmm. by that time, the parking lot was filling up. Yeah, for sure. So it wouldn't have been like that. Yeah, And that was a weekday. It was a Wednesday. I believe. Yes. Uh, Yes. God, that day, that week just blended into itself. Yeah. If we had gone later, I don't think I would have gotten the opportunity to hump. No. I was thinking T-Rex. that that yeah. would have ruined your humping process. Yes. Yeah, so that was, you know, the highlight of, of my day. Yeah. So that was prehistoric gardens. So we're going to take a quick little break. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you about my second rabbit hole from that day. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm a little scared. It's a little, it's, yeah, it's pretty creepy. Because I'm going to take another road trip and now I'm going to know this. Yes. So yes. I'm a little scared. Okay. But All right. We'll see you in a minute. Okay. See you soon. All right, guys, we are back from the break. Jody had to take her pants off. Yeah, they were dirty. <laughs> oh, you know what? We forgot to tell everybody what we were drinking before. Oh, yeah. We've been really bad about that. Hold on. I got to grab the bottle. Okay. We are drinking today a 2021 Pinot Noir. 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 From Chris Baker. It's from Yamhill Carlton out of the Willamette Valley of Oregon. Great wine country down there. Have you ever done wine country down there? I have done Yakima Valley. Okay. That's it. Okay. Which I love. I love a, a Merlot grown out of the Yakima Valley for sure. I normally don't like Merlots, but the Red Mountain area over in Eastern Washington makes really good Merlots, but they're very expensive. They're all like start at $45 a bottle. Oh. And I I am too cheap for that. Oh, I'm not. No. But I have to hide it because my husband, there's always a special occasion. Right. (laughs) (laughs) This is really good. It's bold, slightly sweet. Yeah. I like their Pinot Noirs. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of what that part of Oregon is known for. If you go down there wine tasting, you're going to taste a lot of Pinot Noirs to the point where you're going to get real tired of them. But I like it. It's been a long time since I've had a nice bottle of wine that's not boxed Chardonnay from Trader Joe's. (laughs) You should. uh, We should consider doing the Red Wine and Chocolate Festival in February. It's in Yakima Valley and they uh, pair red wines with various chocolates oh, that and you go nice. tasting at different we haven't gone in a long time it's changed a lot since we were there uh, is that usually valentine's day weekend yes oh, okay presidents well, when... and valentine's i mean they kind of were close with the okay. 14th and then that's the when the mm-hmm. festival of the dark arts is that's down in in astoria oh, that's right yeah Are we yeah. talked about it yeah yep, yep. astoria so. yeah yeah <laughs> all right well enough chit chat about wine let's get back into this episode on day two as you might remember from our recap after we went to prehistoric 
gardens and had a lovely time looking at the dinosaurs. We got back in the car and we started motoring up the hill and then the car broke down and we had to go back to prehistoric gardens. So we motored up the hill and then we coasted down, we back coasted down back it. back down the hill, yeah. But when we were pulled over there on the side of the road trying to figure out what was happening and what we were going to do, you know, I was thinking like, fuck. We're going to have to walk right back if we can't get this car started and rolling down the hill. And I'm like, we're going to die because it's a narrow, windy road and people are going real fast. People like me <laughs> going real fast around those corners. So either somebody's going to hit us or we're definitely going to get picked up by a serial killer. I was more concerned about heat stroke, but yeah, you brought to my attention the serial killer and I was like, Oh, dang. Yeah. She's right. So I'm not a fatalist. I don't go straight to the worst, which is- Are you calling me a fatalist? Yes, you are a fatalist. <laughs> you know, sometimes that's a safety instinct if you're a fatalist. Like, I am I would be more likely to end up in trouble than you because I'm like a Pollyanna. Like, I was totally calm through this whole thing because I'm like, there's people here. People will help us. They'll get us where we got to go, even if we have to whip out our credit cards. You know, it, it'll be fine. And that's why when we got to the mechanic and he's like, I don't know. Yeah, no, there's no taxi, no Uber. I don't know how you're going to get there. Yeah, I don't know. You're going to be, be You're going to be here for a couple days. Days. Don't worry. Go to the Motel 6. You'll be fine. It's only five miles walking on Highway 101 <laughs> with all your luggage. It's fine. It's fine. You'll make it, it eventually. Wasn't, he didn't even say that. He just did not care. No, he did not care. <laughs> was unconcerned. Not his problem. Exactly. So. So, you know, fatalist me started thinking about the serial killer thing. And so I got kind of curious and I was wondering if there were any serial killers who operated along Highway 101 along the Oregon coast. And so I started Googling that. And the thing that kept coming up, because, you know, the more recent stuff pops up first in the Google searches, was these stories about all these women who have been going missing and then turning up murdered around the greater Portland metro area recently. Like, we're talking this spring of 2023. Oh, wow. And then there were stories about the man that might be responsible. Oh. So before... Before we go deep into it, so this alleged killer, now he has not been charged with anything. He has not actually been indicted on anything. He's not been convicted of anything. Oh, so, so there's a suspect? He is, he is a person of interest in this mm. case. He is the alleged killer, okay? Mm. Alleged. Mm -hmm. His name is Jesse Lee Calhoun, and that's the last time I'm going to say his full name because he's a piece of trash no matter if he killed these women or not. So we're just going to call him JC okay. from here on out, all right? Yeah, I don't want to keep repeating his name. So he's a person of interest in the killings of four of six women that have been found in the greater Portland area this last year. So before we go any further, I want to state their names because obviously the victims of the crime are what's important here, not the piece of trash who Agreed. Perpetrate, allegedly mm -hmm. perpetrated it. The first woman, her name is Kristen Smith. She was 22 years old and she was found on February, February 19th, 2023 in the woods of Pleasant Valley in Oregon. So she was a Gresham resident and her family had not heard from her since November 19th. 2022. Second woman. So she went missing about six months before she's discovered. Right, right. Second woman, Joanna Speaks. She's found inside a barn in Ridgefield, Washington, which is southern mm -hmm. Washington, on April 8th. 2023. And her family had lost touch with her since March, and she left behind three young children. Ooh. Charity Lynn Perry, who's 24 and a resident of Longview, Washington, was found dead on April 24th near the Ainsworth, uh, excuse me, Ainsworth State Park, which is out towards Troutdale. Mm-hmm. 
along Highway 84 there. And then on the same day as Charity, an unidentified woman of Native American or Alaskan descent was found on the side of the road less than three miles from where the first woman, Kristen Smith, was found. Same area. Yeah. And I haven't been able to find anything if she'd been identified. There was a very bad sketch (laughs) of of the woman, of Mm -hmm. this woman. It was not very flattering. I hope that, you know, oops, sorry. That was, I keep adjusting my mic and it makes a lot of noise. I do apologize, everyone. Anyway, but I I couldn't find anything else about if they had made any progress on identifying her. And then Bridget Leanne Ramsey Webster, who's 31 and a resident of the Milwaukee neighborhood of Portland, was found on April 30th near Mill Creek in Polk County. And then finally, Ashley Real, 22, was discovered on May 7th near Eagle Creek. Now, I read a few reports that at least three of these women frequented the same area near Clackamas Town Center, which is a little bit further south of Portland on, I think it's on Highway 205. So all of these women were found somewhere in the same region, geographical region. Yes. So it's it's, you know, the greater Portland metro area. And Portland's really, really close for people who don't know. Portland is really close to the Washington, Oregon border. It's just right across the borders. Like, in fact, people who live in southern Washington will cross the border to go shopping in Oregon because there's no sales tax in Oregon. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so cool you get the shopping. Yeah. You get the no state income tax of Washington state. And uh, then you can go get your stuff at Costco and not pay sales tax. Mm-hmm. I know whenever I go down to visit friends or family in Oregon, my husband's always like, all right, you're going to stop at Costco and pick up X, Y, and Z. Anyway, the man suspected of the involvement in the death of all of these women, the aforementioned JC, quite a piece of work. Now, the first thing that stood out to me is he was a resident of Troutdale, Oregon, which... For those of you who are cosmic tripsters, you will know that that is the location of the best McMinimans mm-hmm. of all of their properties, Edgefield. Edgefield is a sprawling property that has an old Masonic, well, it was a Masonic old folks home. We'll get into we'll get into all these in our McMinimans episode. But anyways, it's a big property, very cool, great place to stay the weekend. And so I've been there so many times and it kind of gives me chills to think that maybe one of these times when I was, you know, driving through Troutdale, maybe this piece of shit was, you know, like biking down the side of the road looking for meth or whatever he did there. You typically travel with a group of ladies to go to these McMinimans yes. as well, right? Yes. Imagine you could have crossed paths with Tracy. Creepy. Anyway. Were there so. any themes to the women? So I... I tried to dig into the background of these women more, and it was really hard to find much about any of them. You know, when you go on Facebook and look, what ends up popping up is just the news articles. I found the obituary for one of the women, and it looked like she had a partner. It looked like she was a lot of fun and a happy person. There was a lot of people who left thoughts on this, you know, like you can go to this website and you can leave your stories and pictures and stuff about the deceased person and looked like she was very well loved. Now, some of the other women, some of the news articles mentioned, like one of them had struggled for years with substance abuse disorder. Another woman seemed to maybe occasionally experience homelessness. And then uh, one of the women also 
had a lot of struggles with mental health. That leads me to believe that maybe these women were a little more vulnerable. Um, maybe they would be frequently frequenting places that were a little out of the public eye, maybe. And obviously, I'm not victim blaming, of course, that no, they no, were no. like, oh, you were in the wrong place and what the fuck were you wearing? No, absolutely not. I'm saying that this man probably preyed on women in those situations. Now, again, that's all speculation zone. I don't know. Yeah. So it yeah. was hard finding information about this online. I looked and looked and looked and I just kept getting led back to the same exact lines. There's not a whole lot of information out there. But anyways, but what I was able to find out about piece of shit JC and his criminal past is I'm not going to like be like, oh, he's from this place and he grew up and was abused. I don't, I don't know. I didn't look that far. I don't really care. But I do know in 2008, he pled guilty to two charges of assault as part of a plea deal where they dropped a kidnapping charge and a strangling charge. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. So assault. Yeah. Oh, wow. Put a pin in the... So you said kidnapping and... and strangling. Okay. Between 2008... I can hear you writing. (laughs) It's all right. Oh, my goodness. These things pick up I know they do. You have to be so... (laughs) So sneaky. Yeah. (laughs) So between 2008 and 2018, he of course had like multiple traffic stops. And in the last one in 2018, one of those stops revealed that he had 500 rounds of ammo and six grams of meth on him. He... So drugs and guns. Drugs and guns. He went to be, you know, he went to court for that. And then he was waiting for sentencing and he was out. And, you know, these things take forever. So... It was like a year later that he was supposed to be sentenced. So before he could be sentenced, wait, it, he was he was in jail waiting a waiting sentence. No, or he was free. Out. He was oh, free. free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's kind of how it is. You know, they're yeah. like, "Well, be a good boy and show up for your sentencing later," but you know, kill five people, go along. Mm-hmm. So before he could be sentenced for those charges, he was convicted of assaulting a police officer and get this, strangling the canine officer, the dog. He strangled the dog. He strangled the dog. That's the. Thing that How got did he get most. a handle on that dog? Well, I'm assuming the dog was coming at him and he stuck his hands out and grabbed it and was like trying to choke this poor dog. Lucky but- or he's severely talented. <sighs> but he, you know, that's assaulting an officer. 100%. That dog is a working officer. Absolutely. You cannot assault a mm-hmm. dog. And I think people get extra pissed when you assault the dog. Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm extra pissed. Yeah. More so than the man, the officer. Right. right. So anyways, do we see a pattern here? Strangling? Assault? Yeah. Okay. He was in prison and his original release date was June 30th of 2022. But I don't know if you remember in 2020, Oregon had the worst wildfires in years. Yes. So there was Mm -hmm. a program where inmates would volunteer to go fight the fires. And in return, they would be eligible for a commuted sentence. So this was under Governor Kate Brown's Mm -hmm. program. That's right. It brought a lot of um, Mm -hmm. negative attention. Negative attention. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get into politics or how much... (laughs) My mom and her husband complained about Kate Brown. Anyway, it's not a political <laughs> podcast. She commuted his sentence 11 months early on July 22nd, 2021. So he would have gotten out on June 30th of 2022. Okay. One thing I read said women started going missing six months after he got out. But then another thing said that the women didn't start going missing until after his original sentence date, uh, his original 
release date would have happened. There's been a lot of did letting him out early allow this to happen. So there's been a lot of criticism of Kate Brown for this, but then other things have said, well, look, he would have been out anyway. So it would have mattered if he was out 11 months earlier or not. But you know, who knows what they'll find. Anyway, once he was out of prison, he was definitely not being a good boy. <laughs> so on May 16th, 2022, a, Clack a Clackamas man named Craig Wainegrude uh, filed a petition for a stock order against JC. So apparently JC was threatening and harassing this man because Craig's former domestic partner and his baby mama had been seeing JC. Ooh. And but Craig had contact with her like this is the mother of his children. Of so JC was sending him all these threatening texts and saying stay away from her it's going to be the last thing you do like very threatening things so basically stay away from your own children yeah They're... stay away from this woman mm -hmm. and, and so he filed this stalking order but the court denied the order so then the interesting. second thing yeah interesting so, so they saw something they saw through the complaints and said no this well i mean jc was harassing this other guy the other guy was the one uh, who filed the stalking Order. Thank you yeah. for catching me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so he's already. So now he's in got trouble. permission now to keep going with her. Right. So he can just keep got going. Mm -hmm. So then the second big instance, which firmly links him to one of the victims, happened in November of 2022. Ashley Real, the last victim to be discovered, she filed a complaint with the Portland Police Bureau that she had been choked by JC. So there's documented proof that she has interacted with him. Yes. They've known each other in some way. Yes. And then eventually she goes missing and is found murdered. Dead. Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. So there's that connection there. And, and that she's pattern, the last one. That Yeah, she was the last one to be found. And you see that pattern of violence. And there had been patterns of violence in his criminal past leading up to this. It's not like he all of a sudden decided to be a violent criminal. No. He'd been violent. But he just managed to skate by all this time. Right. He's getting a pass. He's yeah. getting a, he's getting everything minimized as he goes along. Yeah. And yeah. And nothing taken seriously. Right. I'm not going to say anything about the justice system in Oregon. I don't know enough about it to really make a stand or well, anything. I think we all are aware of the lack of consequences for crimes right now. Yes. And maybe always in some ways, depending on the crime, depending on where you're at. But sure. right now, it is really, you know, people don't even call the police anymore. Right. They handle things themselves or let it go because there's no point. I, I saw last night, there's there's short 600 officers in Seattle. Like that's well, 600. Yeah, I mean, why that's would insane. you want to go become a police officer in Seattle? Right. And and that's just that's people just one can, place where, where people I can saw assault them. you and it's fine to assault a police officer. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that all police officers are good or bad. I'm not saying that becoming a police officer makes you a terrible person or makes you somehow exempt from you responsibilities. Know, responsibilities. And, I, mm. I know personally several police officers who gave their life to protecting people and well, your mom's husband was a corrections officer. He was too, a corrections yeah. officer, yeah. But I I know somebody who he told me a story of I don't know if you guys remember in 2020 there were riots in the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle and Chaz Chop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They kind of took over the entire neighborhood for a time and the police were trying to respond. And this friend of mine, he said he was standing 
floating out there in the middle of the street in full riot gear with people throwing Molotov cocktails at him. And that was the moment where he was like, what the fuck am I doing? Right. He was like, I'm at retirement age. I could have retired two years ago. Why did I not retire? And so he retired the next right. day. I mean, why would I go out there and risk my life? For, and it's just disrespectful. Yes. Everywhere you go, it's disrespectful. Yes. Right. Now, the police have not been held accountable for a lot of crimes that they've right, committed, right. and they should be, but... They should be holding each other accountable. Yes. And then we wouldn't have the issues we have, and plus, people would have more trust and respect yes. for them if they actually held each yes. other accountable. Yes. But and another another instance was... That's uh, a culture change where you have to say, okay, that wasn't right, and you can't do that, and right. that is... Right. Speaking up is it's it's a hard culture change. Yes. They do need to hold each other accountable. There needs to be more oversight mm -hmm. so that people can't get away with as much shit. But um, there also needs to be um, training and support as well. I mean, you are making a decision in a split second and the wrong decision means you die. So yeah, I have to be able to choose if I'm a police officer, shoot or die or, or am I wrong? They weren't going to hurt me. And now I'm going to kill an innocent person right, right there. Right, right. How do I manage this in different ways? How do I protect myself uh, without maybe having to shoot someone? Uh, maybe there's better ways to approach someone or, or de-escalate. I don't know. But sure. I mean, I know this just from in nursing, and this is different, obviously, but similar in many ways. We are assaulted all the time in nursing, right. yeah. uh, all the time. It is a dangerous job. It is more dangerous to work in a hospital than it is to build one. Oh, wow. So we go through various trainings and how do you de-escalate? And there's different options and and we hold each other accountable all the time. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. But it's hard. And that's one of the classes I teach because you it doesn't feel right at first to admit things and take accountability for things or blame really like this is my fault I could have done this better right, right. help me figure out how I could have done this better let's teach each other how I could have done this better right. so that other people don't fall into the same pitfall that's what we're we've been working on at our culture change and it's all different for police officers but I think until we're able to admit that we have deficiencies that there are other ways that this could be done I don't know what they are yet but I'm willing to explore I mean you have to be vulnerable to mm -hmm. make the change and yeah. that's a really rough place to be well, when you're in law enforcement and maybe also there needs to be a little bit better screening of applicants could be I don't deeper, know that deeper process. background checks more psychological screening <laughs> so Crap we, at all. we digressed again don't come at us for our views on the police please it's just our opinion and we're drinking wine <laughs> so our opinions aren't even very well formed <laughs> True, true. Yeah, don't come at us. We're just human. Okay, I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> yeah, we totally diverge. Let's go back Total to diverge. let's go back to this jackass. Let's JC. go back to this really fun story this about a serial killer, alleged, alleged. Serial well, I killer. think he is a jackass, but he an is alleged. A jackass. He is a piece killer. of shit. Okay, we can just go with piece of okay, shit. Okay, so I mean, we're almost done with this part of the story. So. He's back in prison. The current governor overturned his commuted sentence because Ooh. he had a couple of parole violations. Gotcha. So they were able to get him back in a parole violation. The investigation is just underway. He's a person of sus of interest. And that's it. That's all I can find. There's no more information about the case. They haven't charged him with anything. But luckily, he's sitting in prison at least until next year. So hopefully they can put something together. So I'm hoping that we'll see charges brought against him next year. And one other thing I found interesting when I was looking through stuff, 
is before the police admitted that there was some connection between this guy and the murdered women, or even a connection between the murdered women, there were a bunch of social media posts where people were warning people that there was a possible serial killer in the area. And the police were like, poo-pooed it. They're like, nope, there's no connection. That social media post is totally a, a hoax. They completely denied any connection between those women. Wow. But now they're like, yeah, we think they're connected and we think it was all one person. So if they know about the possibility of four to six, then and think about in what a short amount of time that was. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. All of these are within like a six month period of time. Yeah. What did he get up to before he was in prison? And did going to prison inspire him to up his game? I mean, maybe I mean, it's he where just... you go to learn how to be a better criminal. For right. Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, but that's it. That's all I know about the missing women or the, I'm sorry, the murdered women of Portland. Um, in that case, there's been no moniker assigned to him. So that's, that's Thank God. good. I, yeah. I'm glad. It glorifies. I, I, Monikers exactly. glorify the killers. Yeah. They, you know, we've had serial killers in the past that gave themselves their own moniker. I mean, that's why they're out. The BTK. He, right. He made that up himself. <laughs> yep. Like, why can't we call them piece of trash? And then give them a number. Yeah. Piece of trash, 0016437. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. That is the current and recently active serial killer in Oregon, which I was like, I had no idea that there was anything active. That was crazy to me to find out. When did he get put behind bars again? I think June. June. And there's no more dead bodies anywhere, missing women in the area. There was mention of six different bodies found but i only found since his since his imprisonment one two six yeah so that was all six of them found from february to may okay so i don't know if there's been any other women that are suspected can you find anything on the uh investigation as in do these women have dna on them nothing nothing there's nothing is out there yeah yeah. I mean, it's an active investigation right now. They're very quiet about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they don't want... It's an active investigation. They haven't even brought charges against them. Yeah, that doesn't usually so. stop media and others right. from finding out answers. Right. Well, I'm sure they are probably have a little bit of egg on their face from saying that there was no connection and that there was no evidence of a serial killer. So mm-hmm. maybe they're just treading real lightly. Um, if any of you guys have any information, obviously you want to contact your local authorities. This is a multi-county investigation because they were found in multiple different counties but i think multnomah is the biggest one who's doing the investigation i think it's, the, i think it's multnomah multnomah okay yeah which <laughs> brings me to to a little sidetrack here so my brother has a friend who is a comedian and she started this amazing podcast called the Mueller report and she became very successful with it she started her own podcast network which i'm like hook hook your sister up jason show us what we got show us what we're up to (laughs) i know (laughs) we are beginners i know so he had dinner with her recently and so he told her about our podcast that we were starting and um she gave some really good advice but she really liked the subject material, the idea of the subject material. But she's like, what I really want to know is why are there so many serial killers in Multnomah County specifically? Oh, another <laughs> rabbit hole. So we'll have to we'll have to investigate all the people. We should look into the socioeconomic factors of Multnomah County as well as mental health care and mental kind of support. Mental health care. 
because mm-hmm. mental health care, yeah, the somebody told me like you need to go down the rabbit hole of the mental institutions in Oregon. Oh yeah, so there's I, a bunch of abandoned ones. Yes. Can go visit. Oh my goodness, I was just gonna say that I have a friend that I worked with at the VA when I worked there, and that was his passion. He's from Oregon, and he showed me online all these. Really? Yeah. Oh, he, we got to. And do he would it. go to them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Definitely. That's a great rabbit hole road I trip. I will tell you, I I did my clinicals at Western State here. I was uh, that was my mental health clinicals. I was in the not guilty by reason of insanity section oh, for wow. a whole semester. And it is a very, it's frightening to be there when it's not abandoned and empty. I can't even imagine what it's like. Oh I mean, the people God. there are, can be scary. There's a lot of, you know, schizophrenia. These people killed people. One of them killed his mom, stabbed her to death. Like, oh gosh, um, these are frightening people, but the, the clanking of the bars, the doors uh, as they close, the everything's sterile and metallic, made of steel, but it's, you know, some, the paint's falling off. And I mean, it's just, Oof. it's already a frightening place Yeah, when it's inhabited. The buildings are old. So to see one that is abandoned, I'm going to tell you, it's probably pretty terrifying. Yeah. And just especially they of, still have stuff in them, like a gurney or right. linens that are rotting away. And, and to think of all of the horrific things that they used to do to mental health patients yes. back in the day, that yes. is just terrifying. Yeah. Anyway, oh. Lobotomies. <laughs> you know, we still do um, electric shock therapy. I know you were saying that. What about lobotomies? No. Those ever done? Not, no. not that I know of. Not that I've been no good old to. ice pick into the. No, but I did socket. watch. I mean, I was par- I participated as a nurse in some of these electric shock therapies that oh we my were doing. Goodness. ECT, uh, electric convulsive therapy. We would get people to the point of seizure. But I did watch people come in almost catatonic from their depression. To I wouldn't say I saw anybody leaving. You know, doing cartwheels and jumping for joy. But we were now having conversations oh, and wow. engaging. And I mean, they didn't use it on people who were you know maybe could use some Prozac or something. These okay. were people who were disabled. Wow. By their depression. Wow. So um, there's still a and we use sedation. Use for it. So okay. don't. It was not barbaric. We okay. used anesthesia. Okay. So it was not as okay. barbaric as, as So you it see. wasn't just because somebody some woman was hysterical and her uterus was wondering. Yes, no. That's n- no. <laughs> no. None of that happened. Not 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 in my time at uh, this facility where we completed. I won't say where because a lot of people have a lot of strong feelings about it. Oh yeah, it. no, don't don't give any. But yeah, it no. was. I watched it work, and it wasn't done on everybody. It was done on yeah. very select cases. You know, they were having no impact with any other traditional treatments. They were very disabled by it, and that's who we worked with. Is the brain real squishy? Mm, kind of like a dolphin, like a. I don't know. Not everybody's touched a dolphin. I've not touched a dolphin. Firm but squishy. I don't know, like a really firm hot dog. It's <laughs> definitely what my head's full of is a lot of hot dogs. Yes. Yeah. Layers of firm hot dog. I don't know. It's maybe even firmer than that. It's, yeah. You heard it here first, people. Your brains are made of hot dogs. Yes. Hot dogs and brains just push on a hot. No, it's actually firmer than that. I don't know. Not, yeah. Okay. Well, Before I move on, let's take a little break. Yes. All right.
Okay, my friends. So we are actually going to stop here. This one turned into kind of a meaty boy, and it would be a two and a half hour podcast if you listen to the rest of it, along with what we already heard about Prehistoric Gardens and Jesse Lee Calhoun. So please come back next week and you can hear my super juicy part two of the Oregon Serial Killers. I rabbit can't hole. Wait. Yeah. I cannot wait. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. You're going to like it. It's kind of creepy, but it's good. Luckily, it mostly happened in the 70s and 80s. So it's okay. behind us. So nothing to worry about. But anyway. So Oregon's safe from this one. Yeah, exactly. Please check out our Instagram at Rainy Day Rabbit Holes Pod and you can see pictures related to this episode. And you can email Jody at Jody at Rainy Day Rabbit or Shay at rainydayrabbitholes.com. And please subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts so that you always will be up to date on our podcasts. And we will see you next time. See, see you down, down the rabbit hole. hole.